mighty roar surrounds the stadium. Now he's digging deep. The crowd is roaring. Their hero is coming on. Will it be a fairy tale? Now it is cemented for Michael Diamond. And there in the middle, and the crowd erupts. Australia win! New world record! This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. We have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. The roof is lifting off this stadium. The, the winner is, 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 is. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. G'day and welcome to the Have A Go podcast, Olympic series once more. My name is Dave Edwards, I'm joined by Dane Eldridge. Dane, how are you, mate? Very well, mate. Uh, g'day, Olympic fans. Good to be with you again. And uh, as the uh, Tokyo ramps up, it's getting pretty uh, wild out there, isn't it, mate? It's fucking crazy out there. I'm yes. loving every minute of it. It's fantastic. These are the weirdest games ever. And there'll never be anything like it again. So let's just embrace uh, all the strangeness. that. We... I haven't seen a person for four days out there, but uh, yeah, fuck, they're good. <laughs> so, mate, it's not just us alone here in the studio. We have got a special guest. Uh, this is part of our mini-series throughout the Olympics. It's it's a reflections series. We want to get on some some fellows, some friends, some podcasters, and we want to talk about you know the greatest moments in, in Olympic history and, and just share in that uh, in that experience. Uh, so it gives me great pleasure to welcome Tom Birmingham from the ha- from the Hello Sport podcast, mate. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, fellas. It's a, it's an honour to be here, and equally pumped for the Tokyo Olympics. Absolute. So you pitch. are pumped. You're not. That's not just lip service. You're well, genuinely excited about this. Look, you know, it's it's uh, it's novelty factor. I think at the moment, it's not necessarily that I'm that pumped about. You know, who's going to win the fucking the BMX or the um, the 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 whitewater rafting? But I'm certainly, you know. Yeah. During these uh, uncertain times in in New South Wales specifically, I'm I'm not against having a little extra random shit to watch on TV. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little nice to have, isn't it? It's just it, the Olympics always kind of creeps up on you, and then it's here, and it's just twenty four seven silliness, and you just get to bask in it. And there's mm. a couple of you know funny stories here or there. There's a couple of gold medals, which always boosts the national psyche. Uh, but in the end of the day, it's just content, isn't it? Fucking content's king. Look, I'm not going to lie. I did find myself, and I think you only do these in Olympic, do this in Olympic years. I found myself like in a YouTube bender of like, uh, and I'm gonna, I can't remember this chick's name, but you can do your own research here. She's like the greatest gymnast of all time now, and she's just some American girl, and she fucking rips, and she's got yeah. moves named after her, and. You listen to these commentators, and every time she does something, they're just like, "Oh my god, wow, wow!" Like this, she wow. is, she is something else. Oh my god, the greatest ever. She's, the, she's the greatest ever. And I'm like, she is the greatest ever. Yeah, I'm sitting yeah. there watching Simone Biles, gymnastics. Simone Biles gymnastics. She's got a move named after her, the Biles. Um, yeah. This is and shit you do in an Olympic that you'll year. You wake up that like when the Olympics are over, sort of maybe you know in a year's time, and just feel dirty. Like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, <laughs> I spent like. But YouTube's got minutes. all that data, so it'll be serving you fucking video after video for the next four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. There's heaps of like Simone Biles interviewed by F- Diane Sawyer. I'm like, okay, look, yeah. that wasn't what I was. Yeah. Here and for, then there's but... like a bunch of just like Louis Theroux documentaries, just other shit you've been watching. Like, why am I getting served this strange <laughs> yeah. assortment of content? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my YouTube thing looks. Uh, I get, you know, um, once I've uh, after the Commonwealth Games are over. 
Yeah, like, oh, why did I give a shit about that? <laughs> I well, think yeah. everyone involved in the Commonwealth Games just generally feels dirty. It's, it's fucking disgusting. I mean, so Hello Sport podcast, obviously a, a leading sports podcast. Um, are you going to be focusing at all on the Olympics over the next couple of weeks? I know you, you obviously focus on your bread and butters, like your NRL and your cricket and so on, but the, the Olympics kind of resonate with you guys? Oh, yeah. Like, you've got to, you, you've, uh, you've got to sort of get amongst national it while pride. it's on. Mas- yeah. National pride, you know, celebrate gold wherever gold comes. I don't know if gold's going to come in the places we're used to, like the pool and things of that nature. Maybe yeah. it will. I don't know. Again, who the f- I don't actually fucking know. I don't know no, where golds are coming, but, yeah, we'll cover it. We'll cover it for sure. Keep an yeah. eye on it, you know. We don't know where they're coming from, but fuck, we'll budget for them, though. I mean, um, you know, we <laughs> yeah. don't, we, I don't know if you've heard, but we, we've done away with the um, with the metal forecast this time around, which is, you know, incredibly cuck on mm. our part. But uh, metal horizons, the, um, the, the athletes don't it doesn't get them in a good headspace. I mean, yeah. um, is that like uh, having like a vaccine rollout with no targets? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if it fucking comes off, great. Yeah, we don't want yeah, to put look any pressure on now. Yeah. I think Susie O'Neill actually said something like that recently where it was just like it was about the psyche of the athlete. No, we're sure, sure we want to win, but we just don't want to put pressure on them. We don't want to yeah. magnus in ourselves, you know what I mean, where you no. go out there and mm. the missile, I'm going to win fucking gold in every single thing I do, and then you don't win gold in anything. Mm. And that's that was, why we have a country full of people with poet hands. Yeah, milky <laughs> white hands, can't fucking change a tire. This no. is the nation we're becoming. Yeah. So, mate, uh, look, look, imagine you're an Olympic athlete. I mean, you, you, you train your entire life for this. Your body is finely tuned. It's on point mm. to capitalize at the Olympic Village. But you're under strict instructions to stay the fuck inside and sleep on an anti-sex bed, knowing that the hottest athletes from all over the world are just a cheeky run down the hotel corridor. I mean, what do you do? Put yourself in that situation. Well, it's a very Put tough. Put with the biles next door and, uh, in this situation, how you'd react. I mean, there's there's got to be some sort of uh, you know evolutionary urge that overwhelms the athlete when they're in the village, right? Like these are the peak of our species, all in one spot. There's you know sort of pheromones. You're not even aware you're smelling, just floating, wafting up and down the halls. And especially if you're like if you if your events on early, you've got fucking two weeks to just sort of hang out, as if you're not going to sort of. Yeah. You know, get after it a little bit. I certainly would. Um, that's obviously, you know, imagining I ever made the Olympics. But yeah, look, I think it's, I think it's uh, wildly unfair that this seems to be the. Imagine if this is the only Olympics you make, and it's like, oh yeah. no, we didn't do any, no chonging in this Olympics. It was just a chong for his own because we had cardboard, cardboard uh, <laughs> beds. It's pretty. It's actually wild. We were talking about this actually on another podcast, just like. You've got to think about the corporate scene, like the corporate speaking scene for returning athletes. When they come home and you go and you're entertaining corporates at a at a boozy long lunch, you want to have stories. You want to reflect on the time that you went to the Olympics and you want to come back armed with, you know, 45 minutes of good quality content from those games. The people that go to Tokyo are going to have no fucking anecdotes whatsoever other than I stayed inside in a soulless service department for two weeks and did nothing. No, yeah, and it came home sadly STD free. It's just I'm not paying a hundred bucks or five hundred bucks a table to listen to that shit. No, no, no. You're not even going to be like like oi, put your phones away because someone from the Tokyo Olympics is speaking. You're like uh, Chatham yeah. House rules, boys. Put those phones away. Yeah, look, don't worry, dude. No one gives a shit about what it was like in Tokyo. <laughs> with the greatest respect. 
Yeah, it's going to be tough on the Corby scene. The Corby scene is almost what what sustains the uh, Olympic athlete uh, in between Olympics and then post career because no one give, no one really cares after that. I know it's sad, no. but unless you're like you know, unless you bag an Uncle Toby's gig, you're fucked. So like, yeah, and they're owned by Nestle now. That's a multinational corporate, so. and you know. Who knows how long that brand name's even going to last? It's Uncle Toby's today. What's it going to be tomorrow? It's going to be something with a fucking umlaut on it. Yeah, that's what I'll be thinking of that if I was on the fucking blocks, wouldn't you? That'd be the first thing on my mind. Yeah. So, what the fuck's happening with Nestle? Mate, the reason we've got you on this, um, as I said at the top, we, we want to kind of bask in historical memories. And we're inviting you to share your favorite Olympic memory. Uh, it could be something from childhood, you know, it could be. Something, a small symbol of hope when you were, you know, huddled around with the family watching the TV or, you know, it could be something more recent. We'll leave it to you. Have you got a, have you got a special Olympics moment that you want to share with us? Look, I've kind of got a couple of, to, that, that hit me. Go for it. In all honesty, everything after 2000 has sort of been a blur because such was the fever pitch. I don't know if Australia's ever been greater as a nation and everything was just sort of fucking happening. And I don't think anything embodies that yeah. more than just like – Matt Shervington's hog and, you know, like it was just – it was it was raw Australian power. He wasn't the best sprinter but we weren't the best nation. It was just yeah. that like it was there. He was, he, was, he was the first white guy to run a sub fucking 10 or something, you know what I mean? Like he was impressive. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, he was the fastest white man on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. always was uncomfortable. Which is like the, the biggest time. caveat ever. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest right. caveat. But I'm happy. I'm, like I think as a nation we were kind of cool with that. It was like, yeah, he's the fastest white man on the planet and have you seen his dick? Everyone just sort of got around yeah, it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, look, as a that's my positive memory. Like I was literally on YouTube the other day watching that exact video that you referenced. Yeah. And I think the title of the video was Matt Shervington's Junk Bouncing Around Everywhere. And it was introduced by some American guy who like, it's one of those YouTube videos where there's a guy who's previewing the video. <laughs> yeah. Let me like, pause it right the there. Am I watching? Look I'm watching. how long it's dangled down when he's on stride. It does kind of blow your mind though a little bit that in like a competitive space and it was clearly like, I've never seen anything bounce like that from a sprinting standpoint. It might be the biggest bounce yeah. we've seen. Like, why is that not yeah, taking than the Gabba in 1995? <laughs> Why isn't that taped down though? Like you're in a zoot suit, you know what I mean? You've shaved your legs, you've got everything, you're trying to like preen yourself to perfection and yet you're just allowing this thing which must shave seconds. Well, it wouldn't, it'd add seconds to your seconds. time, surely, milliseconds. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Seconds. A fucking no, I don't think that's that thing to your it. leg or something. I know exactly what you mean. It's And you know what else I was thinking when, I was, when you sent me that video, Edos, and I watched it myself, I mean, <laughs> Time has been, you know, has been very kind. Um, I mean, look, we, we, we want to embellish these kind of things over time, aren't we? But it's stood up the test of time. That thing is as big as I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and, it's, and, it's and the fact that he's been big. able to, like, sustain a flourishing media career off the back of it shows that, you know, you only need a few things in life to sustain. And it yeah. is like if you can run, you know, sub 10 and you've got a massive hog, that's all you need in life. I'd, yeah, I'd argue that, all you need. I'd argue that if he didn't have the hog, you wouldn't be seeing him today. I'd say that the sub ten, yeah, that's cool, but like he's he is he has still got media gigs off the back of that hog. It's the only way people remember him. Yeah, the sub ten is cool. way down the list. It's like it's yeah. like yeah, it goes like cock. Fox Sports, Channel Seven. His head, oh, of hair, Fox, yeah, isn't his it? hair sticking Straight around. To, you know as soon what I mean? as he ran that fucking. 
As yeah. soon as they saw that YouTube clip, they got him straight into Fox at Artama and just said, mate, sign here. <laughs> yeah. you, you got that hog. It just needs to get on fucking yeah. pay TV. And, right and now. you've just got to be comfortable with like to, everyone to, um, digging you. Think about the, the advances in aerodynamic, uh, you know, aerodynamics um, sort of technology that's happened in such a short space of time that, you know, back in that, it's like, feels like a previous life, but I'm pretty sure runners were trying to get any advantage possible back then to shave even the, the tiniest amount of time off their, um, off their, uh, you know, off their times. But then we've still got Shervo running around, you know, with a bloody anaconda bouncing around in the front of his pants. I mean, did a coach not just think to pull him up and go, you know what, mate, I think there could be something that's um, dragging you back a bit here. Yeah, if, yeah. if you, if you, if you want to win go gold. that fucking extra step for your nation by taking two, three inches off that. Yeah, Australia. Like a watch, just remove some links from the middle. We'll reconnect it, and mate, we'll get you. We'll get you going again because this thing will like you won't win a medal with this thing. It's it's a structurally like your body is not going to be able to carry get quick enough. And that's the thing. He didn't win a he didn't win a medal. Yeah, well, you don't win a medal, but that dick will stick in the mic. Like I was eleven, I think. When that was happening, it was, it was right? a troubling time to be watching it, wasn't it? Because those are formative years. Well, I mean, it certainly it certainly wasn't what I had, and it's certainly not what I grew to have. And it's just like, well, all right. So this thing was as huge as you said before. It's, it was as big as we remember. Yeah, it's yeah. not really like an aspirational thing. It's like actually, I can never achieve that. That's no. not aspirational. That's no. just discouraging. Yeah, it's not like a oh, if you train hard, you can be this. It's like no matter what you do, you will never ever look like that running in tights. Being filmed front on. That's never happening. Ever go. Hello, operator. Uh, Australian Olympic Commission, please. Hello, John Coates speaking. Got myself into some trouble tonight. Yeah, a nightclub in Harajuku. Tokyo Olympics. And what a wonderful spectacle it has been. Even despite the tournament being transferred from the Kasumagaseki Country Club in the Saitama Prefecture all the way to a dingy public course in suburban Melbourne, simply because it's the last place on earth that isn't affected by COVID. Now let's cross down to the 18th at the Mooney Ponds Golf and Squash Center where Lita Hideki Matsuyama is lining up a putt to take the gold medal for Japan. Matsuyama now lines one up from 30 for the title. Matsuyama has done it. He's won the flag. 
greatest moments in Japanese golf history, watch now as he's presented his gold medal from Olympic legend Dermot Brereton. Look at these scenes of celebration. No wonder this city has such a high livability rating. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. But why would I apologize? I won the point. Didn't look too bleed, didn't look bleed. Huh? But you seem to wind him up and then he, you know. I don't care. Why would I apologize? I mean, dude's got how many slams? How much money in the bank account? I think he can take a ball to the chest, bro. Did you aim it straight at? I actually was going for it. Going for it. I wanted to hit him square in the chest, 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 chest. Best country in the world. So that you said that was your positive memory. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I agree right. wholeheartedly that is a positive memory. Yeah, Do you have on the flip side something that was less positive? Well, it was it was poor old Jane Saville. And, oh. I mean, like, obviously the hearts broke um, across the nation for poor old Jane. If you don't remember, she was, uh, you know, one of our top walkers, a sport that we only care about during an Olympic year. The only time you'll see news about someone walking, like, competitively on the back page of the newspaper is in an Olympic year. And yep. again, nothing like a, the fact that sticks in my mind from 21 years ago, Jane Saville getting dudded as she comes yeah. into the stadium to win gold for a nation in a home city. And then was it, I mean, I wrote it down, uh, an improper gate for Jane. I think she started to like get it. Well, she allegedly got into a bit of a trot and you can't do that in the yep. walking game. Yeah. Well, it's a yep. tough one, isn't it? Because you're, you can see the finish line, but you're, obliged to literally walk towards it and you're in a competitive race that seems anathema to the traditional you know who's fastest from a to b philosophy of most sports yeah it's it's weird but i also always pictured you know there's obviously just you know the the toll of anguish on her face as the judge walked towards her with the card and i just always remember picturing you know being in homebush just near the stadium it's just like the judge walking up with the card and on the back it says, your car is being towed from P3. And then she's just like... <laughs> Which would be more disappointing, actually. I think that's way up. worse. That's way worse. You're stuck out at fucking Olympic Park and you don't know where your car's going. Yeah. Do, they get, do you yeah, even know where they get towed me I'm out of the race, but my car's not being towed though, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> no, that's yeah, all good. got two more hours? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, think of like the... the see, we, we talked about this on another episode, actually. Um, but, you know, volunteers in the Olympics. I mean, presumably that referee... If he's getting paid, it's it's mainly just under the table stuff. Thanks for thanks for turning up, mate. Maybe fifty bucks or so. Yeah, he must have got a lot of fucking pleasure out of that. I feel, and he would have been dining on that for years. The amount of like YouTube hits, his face has been there. Probably the number of he could do corpies. That bloke, if he did a corpie, I'd pay a thousand dollars a table to listen to that story. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm the guy that disc- I'm DQ. I DQ'd Jane Savile. And that's the sort of thing I think that his grandkids would sort of like talk about. He'd come into like grandparents' day. It's yeah. like, yeah, oh, my granddad, he DQ'd Jane Savile. I don't know how I'd feel about it if I met him in person. Personally, I, you know, I don't know how I'd go. But yeah. certainly on the My dad served circuit. in World War II. My dad fucking DQ'd Jane Savile. That is a much more intimidating granddad. And he can recite every rule from the walking manual down to a fucking T. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that, that. He, he was like, no, no, that gate was – that was an improper gate no matter how – no yeah. matter which way you slice it, that was an improper gate yeah. and Jane got what Well, I think deserved. he was justified. I think, you know, it, he, it was the right decision. So yeah. it wasn't a rogue decision. It was correct. It was technically correct. And But well, Jane, I believe, something. was like pumping everyone by like – and again, I don't know how far in front you can get from someone walking, but Jane, from from all reports, was just murdering the, uh, the opposition. So I don't know whether yeah. – like, like if you're the uh, look, 
there's a part of me, if I was a volunteer, I'm not into volunteering, so I'd never do it. But if I was a volunteer, I would have probably just turned a blind eye to Jane and, you know, I mean, look, to be That's honest, though. Home to, you know what I mean? Hometown decisions. Yeah, fuck. It, hometown Harry, yeah. You've got to bank on those referees. Hometown decisions, Sydney exactly. 2000. There, there yeah, must have been a few hometown decisions in Sydney 2000 that went, you know, unchecked, but that one certainly didn't. No. Well, we wouldn't have known being Sydney siders because it was just the right decision. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's been well, we were swept up in there. the euphoria of Sydney 2000. I yeah. wouldn't have seen anything. That That's was, right. you know, what I didn't want to see. There was probably a million terrible things that happened during Sydney 2000. There's probably many, many atrocities, yes. you know, that I just turned a blind eye to. It's well, just, you just sort of, time. or you just go like, it, that you see the atrocity, then you're like, oh, who's playing in the baseball? Uh, Japan <laughs> and someone else? Oh, Rupert Campbell? <laughs> also <laughs> like back there too, Tom, that you, um, your evocative um, description of Jane Savile pumping them in the walking. I mean, that's the kind of um, throaty... Hyperbolic sort of commentary that walking needs, doesn't it? We need, we need, yeah. a, we need like a, a Rabs or a Dan Ganane up there calling the walking to give it a 100%. bit of cachet, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. But also, like that's the rhetoric with which we spoke about walking in the two thousands. That's just like <laughs> what it was. It was like, oh yeah, did you see Jane Savile? She was pumping those losers in the in the in the really quick the walking. Boys having a few jars at the bloody pub. <laughs> Jane Why does everything that Australia does have to, We just have to be physical in everything, don't we? <laughs> every little social interaction, every fucking yep. even walking in a sport where not a single fingernail is laid on an opponent. Yeah. She pumped them. She absolutely was pumping him, and then they robbed her of it. It's bullshit. Yeah. And where is she now? I, I haven't heard a peep out of her. No, I think she might have gone on to like place in a, in a subsequent Olympics. Yeah, she did. She got bronze. I, I did a little bit of research on Jane because I thought she, she needed her, uh, her flowers, I believe is the term the kids use in these days. She got a, she got a bronze in Athens. She said that whilst okay. nothing will make up for, you know, the, the, the atrocities of Sydney, she was like, at least I fucking got a bronze in the home of the Olympics, which sounds yeah. like you just, you're still gutted. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. raw, isn't it? That's that, that's not even putting on a brave face. Nah. He looks back and goes, that bloke who DQ'd me, if I see him in the street, I'm going to pump him. Well, you have to pump him. In fact, this – and this is a little dark in these sort of, you know, mental health times. But after she finished the race, the, like, interviewer in the stadium goes, what do you need, Jane? And she goes – this is uh, this a quote I read literally before going. She goes, a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't get them in 2000 because we'd already gotten rid of them in no, 96. Thank God for John Howard. That's all I can yeah, say because right. Jane yeah, was yeah. looking for a for a, uh, a semi-automatic and luckily she's looking she looking for the quick one. fix. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so what do walkers do when they retire? Do they retire into running? I wonder like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I've had enough of this, so I'm just going to fucking sprint. Start jogging everywhere. Just a light jogger now. It's a good yeah. question. Because <laughs> a lot of retirement is walking down beaches and so forth into like the distance holding the hand of your long-term partner. You can't really get away from that. She's going to be taking work home with her forever. <laughs> That'd be tough, wouldn't it, after losing the walking? She'd just want to sit, wouldn't she? She'd want to sit. She's probably one of the only people using a wheelchair voluntarily. Yeah. Yeah. Just gaming. Yeah, she yeah. hurdles into the shops. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's fascinating, mate. So that that is a great reminder of Sydney 2000, what a time it was. I mean, let's come back to 2020, uh, well, 2021 as we are in, but it's still called Tokyo 2020 for merchandise reasons. Well, but also, I mean, did you, you see any, that logo, um, though? The logo, like the whoever was the design company who designed to, like Tokyo 2020 incorporated the Olympic rings so beautifully into the oh, logo yeah. that, like, 
that alone is actually for me a reason enough to go listen we can't fuck this guy this was yeah. like this is like a work of visual genius and we just got to stick with 2020 I mean, because 2029 isn't going to work I mean, my wife, he's a, he's my a wife's a graphic designer and she like talks to me about this daily like i can't go a day without her mentioning the 2020 branding it's, hey, it's, it's a phenomenal feat it's all time and Absolutely. they also go, we got him at a real good rate. He's a struggling art student. There's no way I'm fucking paying overs for this. I think it was yeah. a bloke on Fiverr.com, actually, <laughs> yeah. who, who did it. Upwork. Um, great track record. Five-star ratings. Yeah. No, you gotta, you got to stick with him. So are you looking forward to anything? I mean, we've got it's, – it's about, you know, we've got two weeks of it. There's, there's a lot of events. There's obviously walking. There's, you know, there's swimming. There's a lot of uh, niche events. There's some new events as well. There's some new yeah. sports. That's uh, what I'm sort of climbing. looking forward to. The, well, is rock climbing in yet or is rock climbing coming? I, and I don't know. I haven't looked into that. Someone just mentioned rock climbing the other day as a future sport, not a not one that was coming. But I'm certainly like – I think after watching the however many Olympics we have managed to cram into our young lives, every time they throw one in, I'm not necessarily watching because I'm like, oh, dude, I want to see how the breakdancing goes, but I am going to want to see how the breakdancing goes, if you know what I mean. Like, like, <laughs> what are we doing yeah, I'm like, here? do they psych themselves up and sort of enter the uh, auditorium like Conor McGregor or is it, yeah, you know, and, is and it like, more demure? Does want, the, these are, yeah. I want all the peripheral stuff. Do we rate like, the music? Like is the music coming into it? Like do we go, oh, song choice is a bit lame, but he did do a spin yeah. for five minutes. Like what are we <laughs> – how well, someone am I just hit shuffle this? on the iPod, you know, so whatever comes out, mate, you got to fucking deal with it. Oh, see, I, I don't like think that. I've seen anyone breakdance since like Elevation Nightclub, like level seven <laughs> yeah. at home. Breakdancing is kind of like beatboxing, right? Like it, it had its time and then you're like, oh, it's back? I didn't, I haven't heard anyone beatbox since Joel Turner. Like what the fuck are we doing yeah. here? Okay. It's, it's like people still do this and they're, they're always yeah. like those, like they're in their mid thirties and they've like stuck with it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It was well, cool for 18 months. But, yeah. You're using your hands and your mouth. It's a trade. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Look, I mean. Beatboxing for the Olympics could be good. I thought this. Yeah. I thought you were so cool when we were 22 and now you're 35 and you're still doing it. I'm like, oh, well, you make the Olympics. I can't knock you completely. But that's funny because the, um, the skateboarding team for Australia is actually comprised mostly of people under 18, 19, and then there's one bloke who's 31. Stuck and he's just the it. guy who could never fucking give it up. No. Just, he's just been skating. He's 12, 14 years older than the next person in the team. Yep. And he's literally just on, you know, on hand to buy everyone piss. Yeah. He just like, he watched Gleaming the Cube once on VHS and he's just like, <laughs> this is me. And he's just never stopped watching it. I, um, I saw, I follow uh, a couple of skateboarders. Look, you know, uh, because we are a sporting podcast, yeah, I don't, you know, no stone unturned. Uh, but <laughs> Nigel Houston, who's like the best skateboarder in the world, Arguably best street skater of all time. I did skateboard as a child, gave it up very young at 12. But, um, and like I saw he was like filming himself skating around the skate park and across the board, like all the skateboarders are super underwhelmed with the skate park. They're like, oh, this is small, man. This is it. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's not a good sign. This thing must just be a pile of shit. Yeah. Yeah, small so. as shit, yeah. It's like surfing when they try to talk up like small waves and doing mm. some cool tricks. No, it just needs to be fu- big yeah. or fuck off. Like we talked about with Shervington, big or fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> exactly. I need the risk of spinal injury or I'm not watching. <laughs> no, this is bullshit. Sorry. Big or fuck yeah. off. I like that. I like that. That's a good way. That's a good sort of like mantra to live your life by as an Olympian at least. <laughs> well, mate, thank you very, very much for um, for coming on for this special reflections episode. It's, it's been great to have you. Hey, thank um, you very much. I hope for you enjoy us. the Olympics, mate. We're, we're all going to be enjoying the next couple of weeks. It's a it's a time where we can all just get around the TV and do nothing and and bask uh, and, and celebrate national pride. hundred percent. That'll be a nice little entree to the footy finals. That's why I'm looking at it. 
Well, that's it. It's almost just getting you to the footy finals, right? Like I'll yep. distract me from some shit for the next couple of weeks and then it's like, oh, it's September. All right, good. We're ready to rip. And I've got nothing else to do anyway. So it's, you know, it's red wine and it's skateboarding and, and walking. Content blocked by the International Olympic Committee on copyright grounds. Content blocked again. Fuck, lads, get a license. Tokyo! Yeah!